The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six, and uh, today's a nice Friday, Friday the tenth. Oh man, you know jet lag. Boy, this is the longest I've ever had to uh, adjust from jet lag. I got back from uh, Israel on uh, Sunday, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's just taking time. But that's okay. That's okay. So that means then that I'm not at my best, which also means that maybe the atheists, Catholics, Mormons, Eastern Orthodox might want to call and uh, take advantage of my uh, mental decline for the day. That'd be fun. And uh, you can also email me if you are interested. You can email me at uh, info at karm.org, and that would be for uh, radio questions and things like that. We've got a few stored up, so I'll, I'll be getting to some of those. And... Let's see. Also, wow, okay, look at that. Good. Also, uh, I was going to say something important. What was it? I just forgot. Uh, Oh, hate mail. I do hate mail on Fridays. Uh, I love hate mail. And I've had a lot of people, some people just love when I do hate mail, and some don't. Uh, But more people like it than not, so I'll do some hate mail. That's enjoyable. And uh, let's see. I'm checking things out. Got everything going. So uh, there you go. Five open lines, 877-207-2276. You can email me at info at karm.org. And let's, uh, let's do this. Let's see. Uh, don't know if I read this one or not. Your research on Mormonism is flawed. Uh, on example is a section that asks, are Mormons Christian? I know you believe they aren't. That's correct. They are not Christians. So it's not me just saying it or believing it. No, they're not because they denied the true and living God, and they've replaced uh, the true God with an invention of Joseph Smith. But at any rate, if your research was correct, then uh, that would be true. Ah, so if my research is correct, then Mormonism is not Christian. Well, my research is correct, therefore Mormonism is not Christian. He says, we do not believe in three gods. Heavenly Father is God. Jesus is our Savior. I was born and raised in Baptist Church. I did this one already, but it's worth going over. No, Mormonism does teach uh, three gods. It teaches a God the Father, another God the Son, another God the Holy Holy Ghost. And then there's a mother goddess. And there's the God who exalted uh, the God of this world, or um, Elohim in their view. So there's at least five gods right there in Mormonism, and this is why it is not Christian, because it denies the truth of who God is. If you're studying with Mormons, uh, ask them, how many gods are there? And they'll say, oh, just one. No, 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 no. How many gods are there everywhere? Oh, we, we don't know. Okay. Now, I could answer that, just one. There's only one god everywhere. But they, uh, they teach as many gods and um that you serve and worship only one of the many that are there. So anyway, that's what Mormonism teaches. It's not Christian. And uh, I know that my radio show goes down there in Salt Lake City area. I know a lot of Mormons are offended by what I say, but I, I just have to tell you the truth. Mormonism is not a Christian religion. It's a, it's, a, it's a false religion that was begun by Joseph Smith, who said that God is an exalted man from another world, and that he has a goddess wife. 
and uh, that they have relations in heaven, mixed spirit offspring that inhabit human bodies on earth. Now, this is something not Christian, and what Mormons will do is they reinterpret uh, the scriptures. Like when the Bible says, you know, that God says in Isaiah 43, 10, 44, 6, 44, 8, 45, 5, he says he doesn't even know the inner gods or no gods for before him, no other gods, period, doesn't even know them. They say that just means of this world. And it never says just of this world. It says, is there any like me? No, there's not. doesn't even know of any other. And uh, what they'll do is they'll change the word of God to make it suit uh, their their. Their uh, theology, and that's the makings of a cult. It's makings of damnation, of eternal damnation, because um, when you have a false god, then the faith that you have is in something false, and uh, false faith doesn't save you from your sins. So they have a false god, and I'm not angry at Mormons. I'm just informing Mormons that uh, that Mormonism is false. Now that reminds me. If anybody's interested, uh, whatever. I mean, if they are, they are. They're not, they're not. But I'll be down in Salt Lake City area on, uh, let's see, let's see, uh, probably Thursday the 23rd. Uh, yeah, I will be because uh, I'm going to go to Sandra Tanner's um, retirement party. I'm not even sure exactly when that is, but I'll probably be, uh, yeah, I'll probably get there on the day before, stay with Eric Johnson. My wife is probably going to go too, and then we're going to uh, be there uh, for the Sandra Tanner retirement party. And so I know Sandra; she's great. Sandra Tanner is the uh, world's foremost expert on Mormonism, and she runs uh, Utah Lighthouse Ministry, uh, which I've been there many times. And um, anyway, so I'll uh, be down there. Be down there for a few days—one, two, three, four, five days. I don't know. And if people want me to come and speak at their church or something like that, let me know. If not, no big deal. But I'll just be down there, all right, because I live here in Idaho, and it's about a five-hour drive for me. When normal people drive, it's like 12 hours, but when I drive, you know, that's right, I get it done. All right, there we go. I think that's about that. Uh, let's see, get back over to here. All right, emails. I like emails, I do. I thought yesterday that I was normal. Wow, this is good. I wasn't. I eventually found out very early this morning that I had become what an MPD I don't know what an MPD is uh, a petite brown-haired white female was with the altar this had also had happened this past August of this year I do believe that this time of the last days subject tribulation here in Minneapolis oh, Wow uh, all the construction workers are in altered state of consciousness while working. This means that even uh, that even I could not work there as a go-for. Okay, you know, uh, sometimes there are just people who uh, you know, they've always obviously got uh, got issues, and we're not trying to make fun of them. But that you know, that's there's something going on there. So we'll just move on from that. All right, let's. Uh, Let's jump on the phones uh, with Jamal from North Carolina. Jamal, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, man. How you doing, man? So what do you got? I'm good. Um, wanted to ask about working with uh, somebody that is a, a female pastor. Yeah, that's unbiblical. And I know you 
are. Yeah, a woman pastor is not biblical. It's against scripture. Right, right, right. You're breaking up, so I can't. Under- you're, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. You got to try it again because uh, I can't understand you. Go ahead, try it again. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard you uh, talk about that uh, several mm-hmm. times. Yes. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm calling. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody reached out to me to work with them on an event, um, more or less, you know, like a prayer vigil, fasting. So I yeah. wanted to see if that was okay to work with somebody on a event like that, even though we might have some different differences in our faith. Wait, is it a woman pastor you're talking about working with? Yes. Would this mean that you're approving of her position? No, sir. I already told her that, that I don't really uh, believe in that, and she's fine with that. Yeah. She should step down from her position, and uh, a man should be raised up to do what men are supposed to be doing. And uh, that's not a job for a woman, so she shouldn't be doing it. But um, it depends on the circumstance and things like that. Uh, So I'm not sure how to answer you. Because we don't want to be, or you don't want to be in a position where it looks like you're approving of her position. Right. And if that's going to happen, then I wouldn't recommend that you do it. But then again, let's say you're you know, like me. I'm different. I'm different than most people. I might do something like that in order to get an extra to say, why are you a woman pastor? You know, can you give me an answer? First okay. Peter 15 you know, tells you to give an answer to everyone who would ask you. I'm asking you right now, why are you doing that? Right. And, uh, of course, I've asked many women uh, this question over the years. Not a single one has, uh, oh, wait, wait, no, wait. I will give an an exception to that. Only one woman in all the years I've ever asked why they're a woman pastor, only one woman gave me an answer. It was a very interesting answer. And this woman, I think she lived either in Pakistan or it was one of the Muslim-run countries, and she said that uh, if the men become pastors, they're killed. They're wow. just killed. And so if a, she does the pastoring, then she won't be killed and they for some reason they permit it because it's a woman the muslims and she says this is the way it is in this area and i said really and she says yeah if the men uh, rise up for this they, they they're, they're killed so what do you wow, do then yeah what do you do then i said well <laughs> you know, present the gospel to people do what you got to do then you know but uh that was interesting. It's the only uh, time a woman actually gave a defense for it. And it was an interesting defense, you know. So, so nevertheless, uh, you know, normally speaking, women are not to be in that position. So, uh, it depends on what it, the uh, depends on what the circumstances are for you. Okay. Yeah, this is. Uh, I don't, I, and I guess I could get further detail on it, and I'll just uh, follow up real quick. Um, this is going to be what she told me uh, uh, specifically is uh, they're going too fast. Uh, there's going to be some prayer, but uh, I didn't hear any mention of any preaching going on because uh, I know if that was to happen, that would be you know a big uh, a big problem. Uh, so if it was just that, it was just prayer and fasting, and she already knows my position, and uh, I'm, I'm not really going to move on that position, um, and I know her position, and there's no preaching going on. Will fasting yeah. and prayer be acceptable? Yeah, again, I, I don't know how to answer 
that because um, if, if she is leading it and it's a church-ish function, then she's out of authority. She's she's uh, in in error. But you know, if a gotcha. bunch of women wanted to get together and have a prayer service, you know, hey, that's fine. I'd be in there, you know, pray. You know, not a problem. But it's if right. a woman pastor is leading it or organizing it, and she's by definition a woman pastor. Personally, that's just my opinion. If you disagree, that's okay. But my opinion is I couldn't uh, participate. That's just me because I'm a little bit more uh, obstreperous about this kind of an issue so than most. Right, right. All right. So, you know, okay, you decide, all right. Uh, you know. had... no. I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, you go ahead. Um, you got time for another question sure. or should I call it back? No, go ahead. Okay. All right. Um... I was talking to somebody about uh, politics and government, and they were not for abortion, but said that because they don't want, uh, to paraphrase, they don't want this country to be a theocracy, they can't say that they will vote to abolish abortion based on their Christian values. Right. Okay, that kind of, that reaction kind of tells me (laughs) what you think about that. Yeah, that person uh, well, well, is, is playing the fool. Real quick. Yeah, that person. Right, is right. Yeah, and I believe that. Mm-hmm. So, should Christian values kind of well? Should we be run by Christian values in our in our politics? Yes, you know, top to bottom? of course. Okay. Of course, absolutely, right, cool. yes. Because think about what Christian values are. In fact, let's talk right. about it after the break. Let's talk about what Christian values are in politics. All right, we'll see okay. if they ought to be in uh, political systems. Hey, folks, four open lines. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Welcome back to the show. Let's get back on here. Here, what's your mall? Are you there? Yes, sir. All right. So here are some of the Christian principles that we should have in government: um, not taking a bribe, not lying, being honest, believing that your position of influence is for the benefit of others, not yourself, to not right. participate in insider trading, believing all life is sacred, even that which is in the womb, that borders should be secure, that there are such things as women and men, that sexuality should not be taught to elementary school children, that we have the right of self-defense, etc. Now, that's what uh-huh. Christian principles teach. All right. You know? so, you, want, uh, you want to know what else is biblical? Yeah, sure, good. Yeah, that people have the right to do with their property as they desire. That's Acts 5.4, as well as the representative form of government led by godly people. That's Exodus and Deuteronomy. I won't read all the references. Where there's self-governance, private property rights, the liberty to act freely, the right to bear arms, practice capitalist principles, where law requires a fair trial with witnesses, to not have foreign rulers, and that a right of taxation in support of the government. These, everything I've been mentioning, are biblical principles. How about that? Yep. Well, um, could I go as far as to say that uh, this would be a theocracy? No, 
theocracy okay. is run by God through the prophets and or the apostles and uh, that's not the case here so that we can have biblical principles I'd recommend for everybody listening read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and you'll find there's Christian principles in there you will it's just the way it is so if people say we don't want biblical principles in government then they're saying they don't want people to have uh, be able to do with their own property as they desire they don't want a representative form of government they want communism uh, they don't want self-governance they want communism or private property no they want communism or the liberty to act freely or free speech they wouldn't want that either because these are all biblical things they're fools who deny these things and then try and replace godliness and goodness with the the truth variables of gender transitioning the brainwashing and molestation of children um, in, in the sexual promiscuity that is taught to them as well as sexual confusion ambiguity that is taught to destroy our country opening our borders you know letting uh, non-citizens come in and uh, just take over this is what's happening so this is what's going to happen is that this continues our government and our, our culture will fail this is what the, the enemy of the gospel wants and it's what uh, communist systems want for America you know just yeah, so you know yeah. I got I went to Israel and I just got back on Sunday and I ended up speaking to an, an Israeli national his English was very good and we got talking and he said look he says you don't realize we we look to America we look to America as that beacon of what is right and strong and good and I said to him but you you know that America is failing right he says oh yes I, we see wow. it. We can't believe what's happening in your country. The stupidity wow. that's going on. I said, that's right. It's our current country is being run by fools. Fools are the ones running our government. And Biden, now he wants to start taxing trillions of dollars worth of stuff from the rich people. And as though they're not, they don't have the right to be rich. Of course they have the right to be rich. They're the ones who earned it. They can do with what, what they want with their property and their money. And now what they want to do, the government wants to do, is go in and tax them more to give it to the the state. This is a form of communism. And uh, it destroys oh, yeah, governments. Yeah. yeah, and to just, just interject real quick, I want you to finish your point. Um, mm -hmm. I heard on Mobile Show, which is also on the Truth Network uh, station, that we cannot uh, tax our way out of this. This is uh, right. not a... Uh, this is not an income problem. This is a spending problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, well, the Democrats, and I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, but the Democrats uh, spend what they don't have. They take from others and then spend it. And then when people complain, they accuse them of racism or bigotry or homophobia, whatever it is. And uh, they, they accuse. They, uh, in my opinion, uh, in my opinion, the uh, Democratic Party is in the service of the evil one. Yeah, and the Republicans yeah. are too far behind. Yeah, and we're going to lose our country. Yeah, that's why I had. To, yeah, that's why I had to change my affiliation because, uh, as you probably probably remember, I used to be Democrat, pretty hardcore. But uh, yeah. I just yeah. had to change because their policies were not lining up with Scripture. Uh, they were not lining up with God. No, the Democratic Party so I, is uh, is an evil party. It. Uh, Let's see. The Democratic Party um, is supported. Uh, let's see. I got my notes. 
Here, look at this. In 1830, the Democratic President Andrew Jackson created the Indian Removal Act that forced indigenous peoples to leave their homeland. 1857, in the Scott versus Sanford case, the court ruled that slaves aren't citizens, that they are property. The seven justices voting in favor of that were Democrats. The two who dissented were Republicans. In 1860, 11 slave states secede from the Union. Democrats are the ones who started the Civil War. In 1863, Republican President Abraham Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation. In 1865, Republicans passed the 13th Amendment that permanently outlawed slavery. 1865, the Confederate veterans founded the KKK to oppose the Republican Party's integration of blacks. Its first Grand Wizard was a Democrat named Nathan Bedford Forrest. In 1868, Republicans passed the 15th Amendment, giving blacks the right to vote. No Democrat supported it. Reconstruction in 1869 ended, and Democrats reestablished white supremacy in the South with Jim Crow laws that legalized segregation. 1872, Republicans elected the first African-American senators and representatives. In 1872, the Republicans did that. And Republicans now, they, they, they're, not, they're, they're rhinos. Anyway, in 1878, Republican Senator Aaron Sargent introduced the 19th Amendment to give women the right to vote. The Democrat-controlled Congress voted it out. In 1939, Democrat and KKK cover girl Margaret Sanger created the Negro Project and Planned Parenthood to call the black population. In 1964, the Republican-controlled Congress passes the 1964 Civil Rights Act as an extension of the Republicans' 1957 and 1960 Civil Rights Acts. Democratic senators filibusted the bill for a record 75 days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, mm -hmm. pretty scathing there. Um, yeah. Is this all of this uh, by any chance on the CARM website? I don't know. Um what you can do, I don't know if it is or not, i got so much on there. Go look in the government section and see if I have it. I, I probably do. But you can uh, you can look up for Time for Truth, uh, just one big word, Time for Truth, and look up uh, History of the Democratic Party. And I've done this. I've looked up History of the Democratic Party. Oh, my goodness. It's bad. It's an evil party. Seriously. They're full of liars. And I'm not saying that the Republicans are any much better. Uh, because <laughs> I don't trust them anymore. I could throw them. But uh, check this out. 1854, the Democrats enforced the Kansas-Nebraska Act that allowed importing of slaves into territories, and the modern, or and the Republican Party was formed to stop it. And there's more. I got a lot more. I even read it. Anyway, hey, hold on, man. We got a break. Hey, folks. If Jamal's still on, we'll talk to him after the break. We have uh, three open lines: eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Be right back. It's Matt Slick live, taking your calls at eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show, Jamal. Are you still there? Most definitely. All right. And the article is on the website on CARM, History of the Democratic Good. Party in America. And there's a lot more there than I quoted you. And it's documented. Good. So you can check it out. All right? Check it out. Right, right. Most definitely, I'll check it out. And uh, real quick, uh, somebody who is listening or somebody who would um, 
I guess I would have uh, this conversation with them. I said, well, that stuff might be true about the Democratic Party, but that was back then. Well, yeah, you guys are still doing some kind of nasty crap right now, so you're not all that no. different. Now, they're, the Democrats, um, think about this. The Democrats accuse people of sin without using the word sin. They discovered that by accusing people of racism, ageism, yep. whatever it is, ism, yep. that the uh, the accused spend time defending themselves. And so the Democrats are full, in my opinion, full, not every Democrat is, but full of evil people. Right. Now, the Republican Party has many evil people in it. When I say evil people, I mean those who are ungodly and against the principles of God. That is evil. Well, they want abortion and they want segregation. And the Democrats, there's a quote from nationalreview.com, the Democrats were the party of slavery, black codes, Jim Crow, and that miserable terrorist excrescence, wow, it's a weird word, the Ku Klux Klan. Republicans were the party of Lincoln, Reconstruction, anti-lynching laws, and the Civil Rights Acts of 1875, 1957, 1960, and 1964. Now, yeah, I believe both okay. parties are corrupt now, uh, but uh, this is what's going. I got it up, documentation on my website right there. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. one of the latest things that I can point to how the Democrats are trying to demonize, demonize some Republicans. And you're right; it's not all Democrats. Democrats, and it's not all Republicans. Right. But right. when I heard that, uh, when they were talking about that attack in I think Alabama on the police station, and mm-hmm. you had some Democrats saying, well, "Yeah, it was because uh, it was supporting white supremacy." Because they want to close the borders. I don't think you got to me. White supremacy? Stupid. You want to close the borders? You're making yeah. that kind of connection? Come on, yeah, that's, it, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And you know, it's another thing. I'm a white guy. I don't know what you are or who, you know, I don't care. But the thing is, people say, you know, white supremacy and white privilege. I'm like, what white privilege? I had to work my tail off for where I am. I didn't get any handouts. I went into yeah. debt in college and, and graduate school. I used to work 60, yeah. 70 hour weeks for 15 years. To get where I'm at now, and you know, it's you got to work hard, you know. And what really bothers me this idea of reparations. Why should yeah. why should people now, let's just say whites and blacks, why should the whites pay for something they didn't do against yeah. you know for people that that they weren't they weren't slaves, and my ancestors came from Germany in the late 1800s, so. I got nothing to do with it. My ancestors don't have it. You know, and yet they want money. It's, it's just, you know, there's just bad people everywhere. And they're, you know, there's lazy people everywhere who want handouts everywhere. And that's a socialist thing is to put people on the dole taking handouts so that they become dependent on the government. And they don't become exactly. independent. And then they become slaves to the system. And, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Just, it's, not, it's not a special system. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a black guy, by the way. And okay. um, even being a black guy, I've been accused of being racist against black folks. And I'm like, how can I be racist against <laughs> black guys? <laughs> well, you, maybe it's because you identify as a white guy internally without admitting it. And so, therefore, you can be a racist. Who knows? You know? God, just, you know what? They would probably say something like that. It's ridiculous. You know, it, I don't want to talk to that's all right. Now go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, I've, I've talked to more and more uh, African-Americans, black people, whatever the right phrase is, I don't know, but I've talked to more and more who are, are their eyes are open. They're going, the Democrats are full of crap, you know, and um, they are. And, and don't, I'm not saying the Republicans got it all together. I, I yell at them on TV, like, you idiots, why don't you stand up and do what's right, you know? Oh. Right. We need yeah. Christian principles. As long as you follow under, oh, oh yeah, most most definitely. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you follow under biblical rule, you can kind of sift out the people who don't need to serve, uh, and, and that's, that's, right. that's my opinion. I agree with you. That's right. I agree. They're, I will, uh, they're yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, I, I don't want to hold you up because I can go for a while, and I appreciate it, Matt Slick. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, and God bless, brother. You too, man. God bless, brother. If you're ever in Idaho, let me know. All right. Okay. Bye. All right, man. God bless. All right, let's jump over to let's see, we from Texas. I hope I got that right. Welcome, you're on the air. Maybe. Person's waiting a long time. About female pastors. I don't know if the person is is frantically hitting phone buttons. <laughs> it won't unmute. You never know. So uh I tell you what, I hope we can uh um, I'm stalling here because I'm hoping after 30 seconds, okay, we're hung up. We, if you can hear me, we couldn't hear you. Call back it and uh, you know, just we'll get you right in there. So about women pastors, uh, women pastors are, are unbiblical, and this is not me just being mean, folks. Look, let me give you the scriptures for it and tell you what the Bible says. Uh, this is an issue of God's word, not of my opinion. So when you go to Second or First Timothy two, uh, twelve, it says this. It says. Paul says, I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but are being silent uh, <clears throat> or remain quiet, actually, for it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. So this is not a cultural thing. It's based on uh, the created order of God. That's in 1 Timothy 2.12. Now check this out. This is in 1 Timothy 3, the very next chapter. An overseer must be above reproach. That's a, a bishop, okay? The husband of one wife. Okay, and he must manage his household well, etc. And it says women um, uh, must be temperate, faithful, etc. Deacons must be husbands of one wife. Uh, how can women be the deacons? What Paul says. And people say, well, that's just him giving his opinion. Well, look what he says in this same chapter. What he does, he says, but in the case I'm delayed, verse 15. I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. So Paul is writing on how you're to behave and conduct yourself in the household of God. Women are not to be pastors and elders, not to teach or exercise authority over men. They're not to be in that position. That's what he says. You know, I will debate anybody on this. You want to have a, a formal public debate on it? Let's do, we'll arrange it. You know, fly out to your church on the East Coast, whatever. We'll have a formal debate on should women be pastors and elders uh, according to the Bible. I'll debate it. And I've been offering this for about 18 years of being on radio. And guess what? Not a single person's ever taken me up on it. I've been saying this off and on for 18 years. Nobody's taken me up on it. Why is it that that people who uh, claim to be uh, women pastors in support of it won't have a formal, polite, godly, and biblically-based debate on it. Why is it they won't do that when they're called to defend what they're supposed to do and believe, according to First Peter 3.15? 
I believe it's because they're not following God's word. And I would say that to them and to their face politely and say, I don't believe you're calling God's word. I believe you're in a rebellion against a true and living God and you need to repent. People need to talk like that because when you have the assurance of the truth of God's word, you can speak with authority. Not that I have authority. God's word is authority. You speak with his authority. You speak it. And Titus 1.5, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe. For That's the word uh, presbyteros. You get presbyter or elder from. And then he says, for the overseer, that's the word bishop, uh, uh, episkopos in the Greek, must be above reproach, not self-willed etc. So the elder and the overseer are one in the same office according to uh, to that. And check this out. You go to First uh, Timothy 5, uh, let's see, I think it's 5.17. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. So a preacher, a pastor, a preacher, is an elder by definition. The elders are be, to be on Hermes Gunaikos in the Greek. Uh, husband of one wife, man of one woman. How does a woman fit that bill? Oh, wait a minute. I stand corrected. If you identify as a woman, I guess you can, uh, or a man, then you can be a pastor. I wonder how long that's going to be before it creeps into the church for further uh, degradation of the truth of God's word. Th- this identification thing, it's a, we got a little break coming up here, but I was thinking, if someone identifies as a rock, does it make that person actually a rock? The answer is no. The reason is because a rock has a different nature than a human. You can't identify as something that you're not, and then that's what you are. It's it's ludicrous to think that. So if a man is a woman, he identifies as a woman, does his nature change? Of course not. It's just self-deception. That's all that's going on there. And it's also an attack on the truth of God's Word and His work in the world. We need more people to say things like that. It needs to be said. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Last segment of the hour for this Friday. If you want to give me a call, 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. Let's get to Tyler from New York. Welcome, Tyler. You're on the air. Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Hanging in there. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I got a question about perseverance of the saints. I was just talking to a brother on the phone, and we just it turned into a really ugly argument. I try to just talk calmly, and you know, they they started pulling some scripture from Revelation to try to argue against, you know. They call it eternal security. I just like calling it definite redemption. But, um, uh-huh. you know, they pulled scripture like, um, you know, like God desires all to be saved. And, you know, like obviously they don't believe in limited atonement. But um, also like Revelation will blot you out of the blind book of life. And, you know, trying to pull the right. scriptures. And I'm like, man, I, I was so anxious because I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, Which man, one do you want to tackle? Like, Let's tackle one at a time. Pick uh, one and we'll go through it and I'll show you what to do. Probably the one where it says... Uh, Lot, yeah, the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay. So, uh, the Lamb's Book of Life. All right. Uh, Lamb's, Lamb, the Book of the Lamb. Let's think of this Book of, uh, okay, for example, Revelation 3 5. 
He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. Okay, so does it mean the names can be erased? They're going to say yes. And I'd ask them, okay, what's the book of life? Don't tell me a guess. Show me from Scripture what the book of life is. If you're going to say it means they're saved, maybe that's the case, but show it to me from Scripture. And if you can't, you cannot say that that's what it is. It's just your opinion, and you're reading into the Scriptures. I want evidence out of Scripture. Please show it to me. You'll find that if you use this approach, you'll find that their arguments fall pretty quickly because they don't realize, a lot of people don't realize, they're reading into things. Now look what it says here, those who overcome. Now what this is is a message to Sardis. And it's, some people say it's dispensational. Some people say different things and, and, and you know, it's to the church, uh, the angels of, the, of particular churches and the people of those churches. So they were under a judgment of God. And he says those who are clothed in white garments, which, which uh, certainly does uh, imply salvation because white garments were a symbol of purity. And those who have that will not have their names erased from the book of life. All right. Now, the book of life, uh, from what I understand, was also a book that was held by the elders at the gates of the city. So you'd have a you know a city that's maybe ten football fields uh, put together and a wall around it, or maybe not. But they, they have these gates. This was the official place of that town or that village or that small city, and they would often have a, a book of those who, in the census, were alive. They called it the Book of Life, and when you died, your name was crossed out. So what? Revelation is doing, what John is doing, is referencing a common understanding of keeping a census of those who are alive. And he's using this, he says, look, if you have these white garments and you're saved, you'll not be blotted out. That's a, a verse that shows security. Right there. You clothe in white mm -hmm. garments and you'll not be blotted out. Say, See, it won't happen, will it? And they go, oh, well, I didn't think of that. Um, and here it says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. This is Revelation 13.8. Everyone whose name was not been written in the foundation of the world in the book of life uh, of the Lamb who was slain. Now, wait a minute. Let's look at that. And I'll ask him. I'll say, look, if you go to Revelation 13.8, uh, uh, the context is about the Antichrist, the beast, and things like that, the beast from the sea. And it says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. That means the false people. Everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life. So, wait a minute. If God has written the person's name in the book of life from the foundation, well then, are they going to be blotted out even though they were written by God in the from the foundation of, of, of all things? The foundation of the world? It doesn't make any sense to say, well, yeah, they're blotted out. Well, then why would God put their name in there since he would know if the book of life means you're saved? You see? Mm. It's just looking at stuff, and then here's another one. Let's see, seventeen eight, Revelation seventeen eight. Uh, the beast that saw it was uh, was and is not, and is about to come upon the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth, those whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. There's the same the same thing. Revelation twelve, uh, twenty twelve. Um, 
I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. That doesn't say you can or cannot lose it. It just says book of life. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire, Revelation 20, 15. Um, you know, I can go on, but you see, you just read it. It's not showing that that you lose your salvation. But here's something I will do with those who teach you can lose it. I'll say, okay, so you teach you can lose your salvation. Yes, okay. Well, there's logical problems with that, but I'm going to you know, get into that in a bit, maybe in a bit here. And I'll say, well, what do you have to do to, to uh, keep it? What do you do to keep yourself right with the infinitely holy God? What do you do? Just say, I'm going to list, write down the things you tell me you got to do. That's what people don't really think about. Is if they say, yeah, you can lose your salvation, well, then how do you lose it? Well, you lose it by being bad or by not believing or whatever it is. Okay, so then what do you do to keep it? And then they're going to give me a list. And then I say, are you doing these things? Who's doing these things? Well, you got to never uh, you know, watch an R-rated movie. I've had one guy who say, if you watch an R-rated movie, you lose your salvation. Okay, stupid, but that's what he said. And I said, really? So if you were to go watch an R-rated movie, you'd lose your salvation? He goes, yes. What if you watched an R-rated movie you didn't know was R-rated? Then what happens? You know? Well, uh, the legalism that the people impose upon others and themselves from this is, is ridiculous. So what you do is you just ask them to list out those things and, and then see if they're doing what they say is necessary. Okay? Mm. I give you more arguments if you want, but go ahead. And then the other thing is like, um, you know, because they, you know, like obviously it's just the confusion of sanctification and justification, right? It's mm -hmm. like it comes to a point where you're like, you know, human free will choice. If that's the basis of our salvation, it's merited because good decisions are rewarded all the time in the human world. It's called the business world. Make a good choice, you get rewarded for it. It mm -hmm. works. Yeah, That's humanists. the way I look at it. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's called humanism, and it's in the Christian church. Humanism has infiltrated Christian theology within a lot of Christian churches in America. And the idea of humanistic philosophy is that the human will is, and mind and uh, goodness are the standard of righteousness. So I'll do my best. My sincerity is good enough with God. And that with Christ, I'll make it. And that's humanistic philosophy. It's a false gospel. And so this is common yeah. in uh, churches, and also they'll say it's just completely up to your own free will choice to be, be uh, to, to believe in Christ. Well, no, it's not, because if that were the case, then why would Jesus say you cannot come to me unless it's granted to you from the Father, John six sixty five. And if it's up to your mm -hmm. free will choice in your sinfulness, then why is it that you cannot come to Him unless God grants it to you? And I, you know, I, I just ask them, and they don't like being confronted, in part. Part of the reason I believe that they don't want to be confronted is because they're prideful. And I call them, I say, you're, you're full of pride. And they'll say, no, I'm not. I say, yes, you are. You believe that you can actually keep yourself right with the infinitely holy God by your effort. That's pride. You have no idea how much pride you have in your heart. This is why you're so deceived. Exhausting. It really is. Yeah. To live by your works, and it's just when you see Christ, and when you see like you know, it is finished. That's outside. Like when that's why I cry when I look at the cross. I say, Lord, yeah. you're so good. Like Jesus, thank you that 
I can just rest in your work and I don't have to read my Bible 500 times a day. I can just have, I can just know him and I, I just, I've, I can just know from experience that trying to pursue Jesus in your own strength is exhausting. That's why the reform phase is so beautiful because yes. it just makes you rest <laughs> and it, it, it just changes your heart. And not that we become lazy, but it's like, man, God, just, I can just be still and know your God and know that Christ's work is sufficient to save me from hell. Praise be to the Lord. That's that's it. Amen, brother. That's right. You know, you and I are just not good enough, even in our best efforts, uh, to please God. And that's why we rely on the blood of Christ and everything that he's done, not in our goodness. We're just not good enough. But other people think they are. Oh, yeah, my sincerity, my faith, my faithfulness, my ability to to repent will keep me right with God otherwise I might lose it this is Roman Catholicism it's Eastern Orthodoxy it's it's uh, Mormonism Jehovah's Witnesses it's Islamic theology it's all the same yeah yeah it just comes down to that like when you see the mercy of God and like and you know everyone chooses sin like I, I just Romans 3 is so clear on that like there's none who does good and none who seeks for God so if God looks at time does he who believes right. and unbelieves so that means everyone goes to hell and no one gets yeah. saved, and Jesus doesn't come to earth and save us. It's just so clear. Yeah. I don't know how to... I wish... I, I'm just so grateful that God opened my eyes to the truth. I don't know why. Because I wish there were other people that... I wish I were apart from Christ and others knew him. I, I feel I feel that, like when Ron, Paul says that in Romans 11, I think. My kinsmen according to the flesh, you know, like that. Right. They might be saved, and I'd be cut off from Christ. Like, the love that God gives you for other people, it's like, man, Jesus saved them too. Man. Yeah. Well, good for you that you see the great grace of God, which is juxtaposed with your great depravity. And I'm not just accusing you, because yeah. I'm there too. And only in the, the, the greatness of the, of the gulf between us do we realize how great God is and what he has done for us. And that we're secure in his work, not ours. Yes. And praise God, I don't have to keep the law or be good in order to keep myself right with God. This doesn't mean I want to sin. Of course not. You know, I want to serve him because I'm regenerate, but whew, I can rest in him. Yeah. Praise God. John one thirteen, hold the way, man. It depends on him and who wills and run. Um, that's Romans and who, who wills but God has mercy and, and it's not who were born not of, you know, human mm-hmm. decision or blood, yeah. but by his, of, but of God. I love those but of God. That's scripture. right. Born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Yeah, they so take clear. credit. They take credit for what God does. Yeah, they take credit for what God does. But And this is the problem in the Christian church. One of the problems in the Christian church, man-centered theology. It's there. All right, brother. Yeah, hey, grace and peace, brother. Thank you so much. You too, man. God bless. All right, let's see if we can jump in with one last minute with John from North Carolina. Welcome, you're on the air. we got about a minute. You there? Maybe not. Political party switch, that's what the topic is, and I don't hear from him. And there you go. Hey, folks. Um, so uh, we have a lot of information on the CARM website, carm.org. That's the website I developed 27 years ago. It's had 155 million visitors. And if you're interested in checking it out, just go to carm.org, look up stuff, 
And uh, lo and behold, by God's grace, we're back on the air on Monday. And uh, if you have a question or comment, well, you can save it for then. If you do, may the Lord bless you. I hope you have a great weekend and a safe time at church, on the road, in the home, full of joy and peace. May the Lord bless you. Well, I'm out of here. God bless everybody. We'll talk to you later. Another program powered by The Truth Network.